It's a Panthers pre-game podcast on Panthers Radio. And this week I'm joined by MC Kenneth Feast and former netminder Daniel Green. How are two of you doing? Oh, full, full name. Love that. Yeah. Sunday names. How are you doing, boys? Very formal. Very formal. Yeah, yeah, good. Really good. We'll start formal. No Jonathan Bullard today. He's at line dancing classes tonight, so he couldn't be with us. But uh, hope to see the fruits of his labours soon. Jono line dancing, the mind boggles, Jono. Why you've taken that up of a pastime, I don't know. Anyway, guys, let, let's look ahead soon to Belfast because we're, we're back to the real action. But we touched on on the game on, on Saturday, but it was obviously emotional, very raw. Ken, I think, you know, we were all very emotional. You in particular, and you especially, you had breathed it all, that whole, you know, myself and Dan, I was doing obviously the media side of things. Dan was doing the play-by-play, play, but you kind of breathed the whole thing and lived it, you know, with the end thing to set the tone for the night. You know, that that let's just go for, you know, to start with a personal experience. That must have been a real experience for you to to, to kind of lead the rink in what became a lovely tribute to Adam. Yeah, I think um, I, I can't remember. I don't think I've ever agonised over a game in terms of, thought about you know what I'm playing and 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 kind of how it's how it's going to be and what the tone's going to be so much as as that game because you just like you say emotionally you're living through it um and I almost felt like I felt like I was I was present but almost like not really there it was weird sort of like situation I yeah I think just being being back and and the gravity of the situation and wanting to make sure it was it was right and it was respectful and and it was fitting for the memory of such a great guy I think it was just I I, yeah I've I've probably only now sort of reflecting on it I guess in a way in a way it was it was on the night it was very very um I found it all very quite quite uh, quite tough actually in terms of the experience, but also if I can say this, I, 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 it was it was it was good as well because it it felt like what what we needed. Mm. I mean, and if you want, you know, any any proof about how right you got it, and um, you know, just you know, I've seen national new, newspapers report on the choice of music before the game and after the game and comment on, on how poignant it was. And and also the guys in the room talked about warm-up. They, they were chasing a, me for a song the other day. I think you got a text about it, that you played a song in yeah. and they were keen yeah, to yeah. hear it again. So, so Ken, I think, you know, you know, from, from the fans and from everyone, I think you did, you got it spot on for the tone of the night. Greener, just, just moving on. I mean, it was just, it, it was an experience that none of us thought we'd ever go through at a hockey game, but the club were keen to make it not a sad occasion, even though we knew there'd be emotion and tears. We were keen to make it a celebration of Adam, of who he was as a player on and off the ice, but also for the fans to, as I wrote on the website, to get them back to their happy place, which is, you know, the Motor Point Arena, their seat at the Motor Point Arena. And that was evident. You could see that the fans were emotional about it, but you could feel that, that you know, as things got underway they were getting back to their, their happy place. Yeah, I think, you know, although it kind of sounds strange, I, th- I think the night 
brought the fans a lot of joy. You know, for some of them, it might have been a little bit of closure, you know, over, you know, what happened. And like you said, just, just getting back in the arena, watching hockey, being around friends and family that maybe they'd not really seen since. And um, yeah, you know, it was obviously very sad, especially, you know, with the, with the tributes at the beginning and at the end, you could really feel the emotion from the players and the fans. But I think for that middle bit, for, for, for the game, it was really good. It was an entertaining game. I think the fans just enjoyed watching hockey again. And obviously it was for a very sad reason, but you sometimes find that things like that bring people together. And I thought for that sort of, you know, couple of hours of the actual game, it was played in a great spirit. It was, yeah, you know, really well participation by the fans. And obviously it was a sellout and, you know, obviously, you know, touching tributes at the beginning and the end. But I think for the most part, the fans, you know, had a smile on their face and hopefully really enjoyed the game. Yeah, from my point of view with a media hat on, I mean, obviously, I've never had so much media at a Panthers game, probably had to deal with a lot of the GB game, perhaps, especially at the World Championship just gone here that, that took place in Nottingham. But that's the most, I mean, I think in my whole, in fact, not I think, I know in my whole time covering the Panthers, whether it be from outside the club or, or within the club, that was the, the biggest media following we've ever had. There must have been five or six cameras on the bench for interviews afterwards, nine or ten reporters, four or five photographers. Um, um, and it was, again, it was sad. The reason they were there was because of the reason that we know. But it was also nice because I, I you know, I looked at all their coverage and they all reported on the on the night in a respectful and, and dignified way. And, and in many ways, I thought, you know, they've done a nice tribute to Adam because that that was what it was all about. We wanted to pay tribute to someone who had made a, a major impact on and off the ice at our club in such a short space of time, but also obviously had made a major impact around the world on people, not just in, in the clubs he's played for, but obviously well, where he started his career in his hometown of, of Hibbing. So we have journalists from across the UK and from further afield. There was representations from North America, from Sweden, from, from Germany. And, you know, I, I just think, though they were there in sad circumstances, they they reported the night well. And obviously, you know, the night did Adam proud. And so many special moments. I talked about warm-up when the applause and cheers went on and on and on. And then obviously the shirt retirement announcement, the tribute video, the applause in the 47th minute, Carl Neal taking to the mic at the end, the players doing what felt like six laps of honour, you know, just, you know, nobody felt like they wanted to, to leave the ice. And, and if fans are wondering what impact it had on the team and the staff, no one stopped talking about it ever since. The, the main topic of conversation around the dressing room and around the staff is... Is wow! I must have had the same conversation with Carl Neal about three times, and and every time it's we, we're like, can you believe that noise at warm up? Can you believe they were? So if fans are wondering, did it did it have an impact in a positive way? It absolutely did, and and the players are absolutely eternally grateful for the way that they were supported. You know, Carl Neal did a you know we, we put a little quote out of Carl Neal's uh, speech today. And and Sophie put that on social media. You know, he says, we know it's going to be hard, but we're going to go through it together. And, and Ken, I think, you know, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? This is not just about the players. It's massively about them and their journey, but it's about the fans and everyone as well. Everyone's on this journey together. But what you do feel is that everyone's in it together. 
Yeah, and I, I, I really, really, really pray that that sense of togetherness continues because it, it's a journey. There's going to be a few bumps in the road and that's where we, we're going to really need that support and that love from the fans as well. Um, it's going to, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be so, so important, I think, to, yeah. to make sure that, that that continues. Absolutely spot on. I mean, I think we, we've covered the, the emotion afterwards on Saturday and, and there's been some lovely considered thoughts there, I think, for, from both of you. Uh, let's just move things on a bit because we announced a, a new signing today. Simon, uh, should I say today, the interview went out today. We announced a new signing yesterday. He'd been in the country for a few days. The uh, Canadian defenseman Simon Dupre. Uh, Greener, you've obviously followed his career. You, you talked about how you'd seen him playing the NHL. You know, you, you were aware of him from playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins initially, of course. And that's to pick to pick up a guy with that quality. That's that's a real big signing, isn't it, Greener, at this stage of the season? Yeah, massive. I mean, you know, there can't be too many guys in kind of November, December that play, you know, 200 NHL games just kind of floating around. So, no, that's a, that's a great pickup by kind of Jonathan and Omar there. Um, and, yeah, you know, hopefully he'll come in. He's, he's a big body. You know, he's obviously going to be a top, top defenseman. Um, he hasn't played this season. So, you know, it's going to take him a few weeks to kind of find his, you know, footing and kind of get used to the league and, and you know, everything here. But, he, he, yeah, I mean, just looking at his resume, you know, KHL, NHL, um, you know, played with some of the best players in the world. I'm sure he's going to be a top, top defenseman. And, you know, he's obviously an upgrade. He's going to make us, you know, hopefully stronger back there. And he's going to help us on the ice. And, you know, coming in at this time, I think he's going to be a really, really big boost for us just before Christmas. Kenneth, I caught you listening to the interview when we hooked up this this Zoom. And and one thing that struck me from the interview was was how humble he came across. You know, he he, he used this phrase about, I, I just want to make guys better. It's about the team. And again, we talked about Adam like this, you know, guys that came come from the NHL. We've all seen guys come from playing the NHL and just have that bit of arrogance about them. And some of them have been like arrogant and confident and humble, but others have been like, you know, I'm going to rip this league up. That's their opinion. And, and they found it hard. But, you know, we talked about Adam Johnson and how humble he was, and that made him such an amazing guy. And you, you listen to the words of Simon Dupre and, and, and the way he talked about what he wanted from this team. He just came across to me as so selfless in that interview. Yeah, and I think if you go back to, you know, interviews with Jonathan, comments by Omar pre-season, and talk about, go back to, you know, Jonathan's process and the, the team that they are trying to build as, you know, GM, coach, that sort of scenario. It's about personalities first and it's about team impact first and how they're going to fit into a group how they're going to pull together how they're going to work together and it all the emphasis has been on hiring the right people with the right the right characteristics the right personalities the right mentality and yeah I agree with you he, you know for somebody that's played in the leagues that he has with the experience that he's got he comes across as 
quite reserved. He's not. He's not sort of kicking the kicking the door. He's, he's confident, quietly confident. Um, you know, he talks about he's coming here because he, he wants to win a championship. So he's he's got his up. He's, he's got his eye on kind of what what he wants to do. But it, but like you say, comes across as someone. There's a there's an argument really to say if you look back at his career and and kind of you know his spell in the NHL and then what happened in 2015. So I'm going to say this is a guy that if that if that kind of bad those bad concussions hadn't happened in 2015, there's an argument to say he he wouldn't he'd, he'd still be in the NHL or he'd be you know had, be had, he would have he would have had a longer career because I think the Ducks Anaheim Ducks brought him out of his contract before he yeah yeah so. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So I think we're very lucky to have him and, and I'm excited to see him play. Obviously, with his arrival, it's meant there's, there's been a departure and um, Victor Bjorkham, Greener, told the club this week that he just felt unable to to come back. So so he, at the moment, is not playing ice hockey. Wherever his next move may be, I don't think anyone knows. He he maybe doesn't even know, but we, we thank him for what he's done for this club and, and wish him all the good luck for the future because again he was very much part of that team bond that was forming you know very much at the start of the season you know Ken you made a very good point about the way Omar spoke and the way Jonathan spoke and when we talked Greener on a lot of podcasts about how you can tell that they were picking the right guys that was very evident from these early interviews well that's just shown from from how this team has linked up well even before this situation that, that affected the club but just with with Victor, you know, the club have said that you know they understand his decision. It's it's never nice to lose someone who's become part of the family. But it's 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 good luck to him, isn't it? Really, because he will deal with it in his own way. But it's it's good luck to see in, in, you know to see him in, you know for what he wants to do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, every, everyone deals with things in a different way, and you know, for now, like you said, he's going to go home and whether he plays in a month or two months or, you know, next year, that's obviously his decision. And, you know, I think it, it was admirable of him because obviously he probably could have just come back and hung around and, you know, obviously continue to get, you know, paid and be here, but maybe, you know, kind of, but he just made the decision, listen, you know, I don't want to play. I'll get out of your way. I'll go. And it just helps everybody else move on. So, you know, rather than kind of, dragging it out and maybe make, making it difficult. He, um, he obviously decided to go home. So, yeah, obviously, best of luck to him. He gave everything while he was here. And, you know, hopefully he will, um, you know, find the team. As I'm sure as soon as he wants to play again, there'll be a lineup for his signature. So, you know, maybe we'll end up seeing him somewhere down the road. But, yeah, hopefully he'll be, uh, you know, in a few weeks or so, he'll be, he'll be in a better place and looking to play again. So we've got Belfast on, on Sunday, four o'clock at the Motorpoint Arena. Make sure you you get down if you've not bought your tickets yet. It'll be great to have you with us and, and you know, support these boys because what happened on Saturday was was phenomenal. But as Kenneth alluded to, you know, they're gonna need that support going forward. So it was just phenomenal on Saturday, and it would be great to get something like that on Sunday again as well. Uh, Ken, Belfast Giants, what is it? They're in the table, eighth in the table? In this this early stage, I, I don't think anyone expected them. I mean, th they will come good, and, and I don't think any of us in this chat think they will finish eighth. But are you a little bit shocked to, to see to see Belfast who have dominated this league 
and been the kind of again greener the amount of times we stood sat on here and talked about Belfast are the shining light. They're what the level everyone's got to get to. It's early season. There's only a handful of games. But but you know, I'm I'm whittling on as I asked you this question, Ken. Yeah. Are you a bit shocked? Yeah, you agreed with me. I wasn't whitting on. Are you a bit shocked? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean to see Belfast I, the table's weird at the moment anyway, because obviously we've we've had a period of, of obviously not playing as well. Mm. So we've got quite a few games in hand. Belfast. I've obviously got run into a, a couple of bumps in the road. I think Adam Keefe is a very, very experienced coach. He certainly won't be, um, you know, the, the tone of his interviews at the weekend, he certainly was not a, a guy that was um, happy about the situation that they were in. And there's part of me that thinks, fucking heck, you know, they, they, they have this, they have a bit, bit of a, a poor weekend and then, and then we get to play them in our first competitive game. So it, it makes that, that week, you know, at this weekend and that game on Sunday, even more compelling from a from a fan's point of view, coming down and going, actually, if ever there could be a scenario where the fans, I believe, will make a difference to the result on Sunday, it is this Sunday against the Belfast Giants because, you know, they will they will not be they will not be happy with the situation they'll they're in and they'll be. Dare I say it? Looking at us and thinking, well, you know, we, we, there's an opportunity there, uh, and we we have got an opportunity as well to do something really, really special. But I think it's, you know, I think dare I say it? The, the fans, if we're going to win this game on 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 Sunday, the fans are going to be a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Belfast to eight. Let, let's just kind of quantify that. They're, they're... They're four points behind second place. Like you said, the league table looks odd. People have played different amount of games. It, it's really early days. I think the one thing that strikes me is their win percentage of, of under 500 and they've lost six games out of 11. I think that that to me is the kind of like I sit back and go, wow, that that's just not Belfast Giants like, like form. I mean, you, you probably look back of last season, if they lost much more than 10 or 11, and, and I think I can probably answer that question within seconds. I mean, Belfast Giants lost 11 games last season in regulation time. They've already lost six. But as you alluded to there, Ken, you know, Kiefer is an exceptional coach. And he is one of the best, I think, the Elite League has ever seen. And uh, I'm pretty adamant that he will get it right. I mean, will their poor start cost them a chance of a league title? Maybe, you know, but they, they certainly have the, the, the leadership there in the group to turn that one around. I mean, Greener, what are your thoughts? Again, a bit a bit shocked, but kind of along the same lines, you would feel that Belfast would certainly be nowhere near this spot come the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, definitely shocked. Like you said, I'm sure if you said to any of us, you know, two or three months into the season, they'd be eight, you would have kind of laughed at them. But I think last year, I mean, they certainly weren't eight, but I remember at Christmas, they weren't in a great position. They'd, I think they'd been in the Champions League again. They were a few games back. And then after Christmas, they lost like two games in about three months, didn't they? So if any team can kind of go on a tear, especially in home games, it's Belfast. So, yeah, I mean, I think it is a good time to play them. They're obviously struggling a little bit. They've had some injuries, a little bit inconsistent. But in, in the long run, I still think, you know, in, in four months' time when we're doing one of these, you'll probably see them in the top sort of two or three. But as of right now, obviously not performing how they would want. I echo exactly, you know, Adam Creef, you know, great coach, 
great motivator. I'm sure he's, you know, you look at their Champions League performances, they had some great wins in the Champions League. So they've obviously got a good team. They'll turn it around. Um, but, you know, maybe again, we can catch them while they're in a little bit of a slump. Hopefully we'll be yeah. buoyed by, you know, a big crowd and, you know, obviously, um, you know, kind of getting back to play and it should be a really big day for everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have no doubt they'll be right up there again come the end of the year. I just want to go quickly back to the game on, on Saturday, actually, because we, we barely talked about what we've seen in the game. It, it kind of felt irrelevant because it was about so much more. But there, w- there were some lovely moments, wasn't there, Ken? I mean, t- two goals for Ollie, a super finish from Zane McKenzie, that wrist shot. You know, I, I feel like we didn't even touch on that in the podcast afterwards. We talked about so many other things. But, I mean, on the ice, it was that weird thing because it, it wasn't a competitive game like a league game. It probably wasn't up to the standard of a pre-season friendly like we saw earlier in the season, but it was certainly more than a, a testimony or a third, fourth playoff game, wasn't it? There was definitely bits of evident skill and, and, and things to take away from that. Yeah, you know, some good points there in terms of, you know, obviously goals from Ollie and a goal from Zane McKenzie, which was great to see. I think it was the last time he's... He scored in the Panthers. Was it the playoffs? Uh, it, third, it was officially game, down or... as an assist, but there was some argument about oh. final touch. I don't think that ever got changed on the Elite League website. So oh right, I don't okay. know, but okay. yeah, well, but but no, I think I think you know, yes, the pace of the game, it it, it, it felt that obviously it was, it was minimal, if not no contact. Really, I think it was the was the kind of the way it was was played, um, but I felt it was it, it's. It's about it's about that first time going through the motion, going through the the routines, going through everything. I think from a fan perspective, and actually I was reflecting more you know, about what it was for me because when I came to the ring, I'm normally, well, you know, I'm normally bouncing around all over the place and you know making cracking jokes and all that. And I felt like I didn't know how to be myself at that game, and I think it was about everybody just learning that. Almost, almost being given permission to enjoy hockey again, and that that you know actually we're there because we love the sport. We you know that's that's why everybody goes. That's why the players play. That's why the fans watch. That's why we do what we do for you know working for the club. So I think it was a it was about that, and I think it was the it was the it was pitched in the right way for the team to be able to to do that ahead of ahead of Sunday. Yeah. And just finally, I mean, you know, you know, our boy Ollie Greener, I know you're a big fan and a, and a big friend. I mean, obviously, he his season's been interrupted, of course, by injury for a short time. And it was great. He hadn't, I mean, he'd been, I think he'd been playing well this season, but he hadn't got on the score sheet. We all know that Ollie can put the puck in the back of the net. Maybe something like Saturday was just ideal for him. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you know, coming off of an injury, um, obviously just coming back to play in this country probably just took him a little bit of adjustment again and yeah the injury then obviously not playing for the last few weeks so yeah I think you know for some guys it would be really good to get some big ice time Saturday you know getting two goals that's going to do wonders for his confidence so um, you know even if it was in you know not an official game just for him to get those goals will feel great and you know a couple of other guys that he said Zane um, picked up that goal and, and hopefully that will just boost these guys confidence a little bit and we will uh start to see the ollie that we know and love a bit more 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, guys, it's been great chatting with you. I think we're about done. We certainly covered lots of different aspects. Really enjoyed it as ever. Hope Jono enjoyed his line dancing. We missed him, but he'll be back at the weekend, I think, uh, to uh, be involved in the post-game podcast after Belfast Giants. And as I said earlier on, uh, get your tickets. Tickets still available, of course, at all the usual places, online and, of course, by phoning as well. All the details on the Panthers website, panthers.co.uk. So make sure, as we say, you know, you, you listen to what Carl Neal said. Certainly that that rapport, you know, you fans have been phenomenal for years supporting this club. Um, but the way you've been in the past few weeks has been unbelievable. And as I say, the guys have, have really, really appreciated it. And, and I can only go back to, to what they've been saying ever since the amount of conversations that we've all had talking to the guys and the coaching staff about how things were at the weekend. I, I don't think any of them will, will ever forget it. Anyway, thanks for joining us on the Panthers pregame podcast. We'll be in touch with you again after the game, as I said, against the Giants at the weekend. <laughs>